Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to episode 100 of Adrift. Hey. Now, uh, it should have been episode 100, uh, it should have been released a week ago, mm. but we had to prorogue the podcast. Oh, could use the word. Yeah. I'm always using it. I've oh. been using, I just use it for years, prorogue. Yeah, me too. It's not just because it's in the news. No, no, no. no. Um, yeah, so there were technical issues last week, and we had to put out that little apology, mm. uh, which would have appeared in your, in your feed. Um, and I mean, what I've had to do in the past few days to prepare to record the podcast tonight, I've had to take the back off my computer. The actual back? Well, there's a little compartment right. where you can add in more right. memory. But right, right. really, I mean, I felt I felt <laughs> like a computer scientist. I know you were watching Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt like one of those guys in the control room, mm. one of the ones who were doing it right and yeah, following yeah, the correct yeah, yeah. procedures. Mm. Let's hope so. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll soon see when this doesn't end up going out either. <laughs> but basically, I watched a YouTube video. Oh, is that how you did it? It's how I do everything. Yeah. Everything. It's how I do everything. Like I'm when whenever I need to uh, repressurize the boiler in the kitchen. What you need how... to do that? Yeah, should I be doing that? Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Watch a YouTube do. video, Ugh. and it's funny because I'm watching these things like a moron and pausing it every ten seconds and just copying exactly what <laughs> they've done. And yet, still, if I'm doing that, I think. I don't I mean, I'm basically a plumber now. <laughs> I, mean, I really feel accomplished. Mm. What is great as well is it's the kind of things that previously I would have had to have looked up, say, a, a plumber or a computer guy in the yellow pages or online and had them round mm -mm. and then felt really stupid for not being able to do the most basic thing. Mm. Now I can just watch it on a YouTube video and feel like... I'm I'm the man. You're the greatest. I'm Mr. Fixit. Yeah. Is what I am. Yeah, you did you not know this? You can get YouTube videos that can teach you anything these days. Oh, I can't bear them. There are a lot of online videos now teaching people how to make love, I believe. Oh shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <so> disgusting. <laughs> I was thinking about that with regards to this repressurizing the boiler, how it's, it seems to be a thing that people think of adult erotica as often involving a plumber. Oh. Okay, and yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's a theme, I it, suppose, it in seems these to be, but, stories. But is it really? Like, you know, if you were to go on one of these, webs these adult websites mm. 
how many of those videos really are involving a plumber coming around? Not that many, I would suspect. I wouldn't know. Although once, um, years and years ago, I was on an outside broadcast tour of Cornwall with uh, my old co-host Pete, and I went into a newsagent's, and they had a selection of adult videos, and I bought one there and slipped it in his bag because <laughs> I thought it would be funny for him to check into his room and find this thing. And I remember the title of it to this day because it was so odd. It was called Two Lesbians and a Plumber. Okay. So, I mean, we we are all a little bit sexist, and we just assume that the plumber is a man, for starters. Right, briefly. I tried but, to correct myself. But, but I, I will confirm that <laughs> the artwork to the video uh, did, did show this to be the case. Mm. So I'm thinking, so what is the plumber doing? If they're lesbians, they're not interested in him. Mm-hmm. I mean, is he just repressurizing the boiler? <laughs> I mean, while well, they go about their business, not necessarily erotic lovemaking business. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I, I don't know. It, I, I never watched it. I just slipped it into Pete's bag. He never mentioned it. I wasn't expecting any of this on our 100th episode, I'll be honest. <laughs> Sorry. All right, back back to the 100th episode. Okay, then, yeah. okay, okay. Sorry, this should be some kind of celebration, shouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. I got into the weeds there. But mm. uh, thank you to you uh, for, for celebrating our 100th episode with us. I'd like to thank all the people at ACAST oh, who yes, sought yes. out the adverts in the podcast. They're a lovely bunch of people. Here's, here's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. I had to email somebody at ACAST earlier on yeah. about something I said. that I, the, the, Somebody said, when will you be sending me dot, dot, dot? Mm. I replied in the next day or so. Yeah. And this this person emailed back and said, thanks a bunch. Okay, what's wrong with that? Do you not think you only ever say that when you're being sarcastic? Oh, thanks a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. You say thanks a lot if you're being sincere. Do you think they were annoyed with you? I don't know. I think they probably were. Have then. you ever, I mean, just nothing about the interaction suggested to me like it should be hostile. Mm. But who says thanks a bunch unless they're being passive aggressive yeah, yeah. or openly sarcastic? Mm. Anyway, that's a, that's a little mystery. But thank you to people at ACAST who, who've been with us since... Since the start, mm-hmm. since before episode one, uh, thank you to you for the for the stories that you send in, which are our favourite part of the podcast, and we'll be hearing uh, one or two in a moment, I'm sure. Um, thank you to you. If you're not somebody who's sent in a story, but you've just been here listening, we really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and, and, you know, isn't, isn't it great that we've got to 100 episodes? Who'd have thought that our lives would have had enough uncomfortable interactions to last at least 100 episodes. Oh, I did. Yeah, me too, really. I mean, that, that was the easy bit anyway. So um, I, I did want to just quickly mention, somebody tweeted me uh, after we put out the apology thing. It was only a minute long or so last week mm. and said it would be very adrifty if that had been episode 100. Yeah, yeah. If just a short apology would have constituted episode 100. But, um, yeah, just sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, but here we are. So uh, thank you. Thank you for listening to us. And here's to the next one. Or two. Or two. Yeah, yeah maybe even ten. Mm. You will be reminded of this show and this feeling. Adrift. When you wake up. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Well, as, as we mentioned before, our favourite part of the podcast. Do you think I've been too sentimental with it being a hundred, oh, the 100th yeah. episode? <laughs> Just trying to give... Because basically, there's, uh, there's nothing going on for episode 100. We haven't arranged fireworks 
or messages from celebrities or anything like that. So, um, who wants that? Who, who wants, wants that? This is it. We discussed it extensively, and I said to Annabelle, "Shall we have fireworks? Shall we set up a voicemail so people like Barack Obama can <laughs> call in?" And and you said, mm. like, when you listen to a podcast, you mm. don't like it when the episodes aren't what they usually are. You like a bit of consistency. I want. I just want what came before. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what we decided to give you. Mm-hmm. But I do keep feeling the need to say the number one hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acknowledge why, it occasionally. Why, just occasionally. Um, so, uh, so, so, who who has the honour of sharing their story on episode one hundred? Then, <laughs> well, it's Claire, and I should warn that this email contains adult content. Okay, saucy adult content, like like what I was just talking about with plumbers and whatnot. No, not as disgusting as that. Okay. Don't worry, you already set the bar very low. We've gone a bit higher. <laughs> I have been inspired to send this email by the gentleman who posed the question: How do drifters buy condoms? In the last edition of the Problematic. The only answer I can offer to this is obviously with great difficulty. But by way of extending a bit of solidarity across the podcasting community, I can present to you a little tale. A European contraceptive odyssey, or alternatively perhaps, a French letter. I feel I should... Pre- I never had to say this. Preface. preface. I, preface. I, I, preface. It's I preface, it is isn't preface. it? Yeah. I, I said preface for many years. Mm, this is What word was I thinking about earlier on that I've only ever seen written down and would feel extremely nervous about? Oh, here it was. Yeah. Diaspora. What does it even mean? You know, like, so the Jewish diaspora is the, the sort of scattered people of the Jewish faith around the world. Okay. So I think it's it's kind of like a group of people who are scattered in different uh, locations but share something in common. Uh, I mean that's that's a word that I've been needed to use so much but I never knew <laughs> I never knew existed. I'm always saying, you know, the people who are scattered around. I'm always so, so glad to have that. Okay. I remember before I ever said the word archipelago. I mean that was a, that was a very daunting one to say out loud for the first day. Yeah, difficult. Yeah. Okay, so what do we agree on preface? Preface. Yes. Okay. I feel I should preface this by pointing out that the events in question took a very long time before we were married and definitely many, many years before we entered our 40s. I don't want you thinking that we are some kind of deviants. Anyway, here goes. My then boyfriend, now husband, and I were sitting in the Eurostar terminal awaiting departure for a much-anticipated romantic long weekend in France. We soon came to the realisation that neither of us had remembered to pack any contraceptives. Taking uncharacteristic charge of the situation, my boyfriend offered to purchase condoms from the vending machine in the gentleman's lavatory. After watching the door to the gents like a hawk for several minutes, he finally determined that there was no one else in there and he could buy the items in private. His mission was a success, or so we thought. Upon arrival in our holiday accommodation, we realised that it actually bought, though it did admittedly look like a traditional packet of three condoms, was in fact something called a stimulator ring. Great perhaps, but gloriously ineffective for the task in which it had been intended. (laughs) After rather too much childish giggling, we thought that we would simply nip out to the nearest supermarket and pick up some condoms with a basket full of snacks and other resolutely non-sexual bits and bobs. We quickly found that the embarrassing items were located behind the till and you had to ask for them. Clearly, this was not going to happen. Frankly, it wouldn't have happened in England where we could converse in a mother tongue. It certainly wasn't (laughs) going to happen abroad in French. In desperation, we considered using one of the condom vending machines on the street that are a feature of many broad-minded, free and liberal European cities. But in the middle of the day, on a crowded thoroughfare, this posed way too much of an embarrassment risk. 
so we decided to try a large pharmacy. To our relief, there was a huge display of the things near to the door, so all we had to do was pick up a box, take it to the counter and pay. Which was fine, really, except that these boxes of condoms weren't packets of three. They weren't even packets of ten or a very hopeful dozen. They were bumper size, great value boxes of 25. Yes, 25! We were only there for three days. I was hoping to do some sightseeing. (laughs) Well, there seemed to be no alternative. So we took them to the clerk at the cash desk, doing our best to look like adults who made this kind of purchase all the time. (laughs) The transaction proceeded without a hitch and the young man at the counter seemed to take no notice of what we were buying. However, just as we were breathing a sigh of relief and turning to go, he reached over to hand my boyfriend the receipt, looked him straight in the eye and said in a deep, sonorous tone, imbued with general meaning, Bon weekend, monsieur. (laughs) (laughs) I have never seen my boyfriend blush so brightly red as he did that day, nor indeed have I witnessed it since. We did, of course, have a lovely holiday, and we will have been married for 10 years in October. We're going to Wales this August bank holiday, off to do some nice, healthy, wholesome middle-aged walking. Good. Yes. And I bet they've still got a lot left over. (laughs) Yeah. 24, probably. I mean, that, that is it. You mean, it's basically a lifetime supply, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you get the embarrassment out of the way yeah, no. just in, in one quick hit. <laughs> to do it yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. And to go abroad to do it. That, yeah. That's probably the solution. Go abroad, buy a bumper pack. That's you for life, surely. <laughs> there we go. A bumper pack. <laughs> bumper. A bumper. Why bumper? Oh, dear. Okay, and then this is from Andy. This doesn't contain any other content, don't worry. Good. I'd been invited to a wedding in Robin Hood's Bay on the northeast coast. Many of the guests were staying in the same accommodation. I got talking to the brother-in-law of the bride over breakfast on the morning of the ceremony. He'd recently had his first child, so he was going through all the usual new baby traumas of sleepless nights. I went through this 15 years ago, so tried to offer some advice. I was careful not to patronise by only offering my own experience and not telling him in the slightest how he should be doing things. I handled the conversation quite well, I think, and tried to buoy him up by telling him about how things improved rapidly, as I could see he was knackered and struggling somewhat, although probably not as much as I did back then. Conversation with another human, one I didn't even know, successfully negotiated, my wife and I headed into town, as we had a few hours to kill before the actual wedding. We found a cafe overlooking the bay. It was a beautiful sunny day and the view was stunning. This put me in a very good mood, which is always very dangerous territory for me. It usually leads to a it usually quickly leads to a sudden come down, often as a result of another drifter moment. As we enjoyed our tea, who should walk in but the guy I've been talking to at breakfast? He was carrying his baby on his back in what I can only describe as a contraption, all metal poles and straps and the size of a large backpack. Normally, if I'd been in my usually mildly troubled state, I might have been tempted to turn away from him try to pretend I hadn't seen him and hope he didn't see us. Perhaps he too would pretend he hadn't seen us, thus helping us all avoid a potentially awkward social interaction. But remember, I was in my dangerously good mood. I was always going to say hello. Except I didn't just say hello. What he actually did was bellow, yes, bellow, across the cafe courtyard. Here he is, father of the year. I must have been in a good mood because I didn't immediately cringe. I was just trying to offer him solidarity, father to father. And anyway, he was smiling, wasn't he? Well, kind of smiling, but... Not really in our direction. Come to think of it, there was something a little uncomfortable about his smile. In fact, it was now more like a grimace and he wasn't coming over to say hello. 
Did he think I was an idiot? Worse still, did he think I was an idiot at breakfast and my award to him of Father of the Year only confirmed it? (laughs) Each second was pregnant with awkwardness. Finally, his face changed into a genuine smile as his eyes were drawn to the back of my wife's head. He stepped towards us and said, Oh, oh, hi, I didn't recognise you at first. Ah, now I could cringe. At first, he hadn't known who the hell we were. He just thought a stranger, some nutter in the corner of the cafe was bellowing, Here he is, father (laughs) of the year. Rather annoyingly, it was clear that the rear of my wife's head is more memorable than my face. I'm still not clear whether he thinks I'm an idiot or not. I I really love the idea of Drifter's like brief moments of confidence. Yeah, 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 because they never go well. No, 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 no. So if you've got anything for us... On that, then, uh, and just generally your failed interactions as ever. A hundred episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it so special if you keep mentioning it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, this is what makes a podcast. More of these, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hi. It's a show and it's also a demeanor. Time for a way in which you are not a fully functioning adult episode 100 yeah it's part 30 oh. on the 100th episode so we did 70 whole episodes without you doing this what it yeah, seems, yeah. seems strange to think, to think <laughs> it's been going on so long yeah i know our whole lives yeah <laughs> so this is the one for the 100th episode and yes. it is my inability to mark an occasion properly. Good, good. <laughs> this is how I feel about it being the 100th episode. Nothing. <laughs> Apart from I'm glad it's lasted this long and I hope it carries on longer. For me, there is no difference at all between it being the 43rd episode and the 100th. <laughs> Just because it ends with two numbers that are kind of like a circle doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I just don't think a special occasion is, is ever always special. Like, it's just different. Like, different is good. It breaks up the year, I suppose. But the fact is, the only time I've ever marked an occasion properly was my big fancy wedding day. And look how that turned out. <laughs> I get why it's nice to mark birthdays at ending series because you're entering a new decade. That kind of makes sense to me. And it's kind of a big deal in terms of getting older. But my most recent zero birthday was my 40th. And on the day I went to work, came home, had a takeaway, which arrived one and a half hours late and watched a film. At the weekend, I went with my boyfriend to stay in a hotel in Bournemouth, but he was really ill. So we stayed in the room all weekend, apart from, and not not in a sexual way. (laughs) There was no bumper pack involved. (laughs) Absolutely not. Apart from the Saturday night, when we got a taxi there and back, to a Thai restaurant and we left at 6.45 and we were back in the room by 8 and we'd had two courses. That is impressive. <laughs> That's the most impressive thing about my 40th, being there and back in an hour and a quarter. Then they'd got to travel there and back as well. I was quite proud of that. But, you know, it was a bad birthday. But nothing as bad as my 30th when I had a surprise party. Now, the party itself, the actual party, I really enjoyed. I was very touched that it had been organised for me and it was lovely that people came But that first half an hour when I walked in, honestly, one of the worst half hours of my life. (laughs) It was during the time of my life when we were doing a breakfast show. So I was up at 3.30 a.m. every day and I was very, very tired all the time, like permanent jet lag. It didn't suit me if it suits anyone at all, which I doubt. Now, the evening of the surprise, which was the weekend before my birthday, a full seven days away, I've been told by my then boyfriend that we were going to his friend Robin's party in Soho. 
and I was not in the mood at all. I was knackered. I tried to get out of going, which must have been fairly horrifying for my boyfriend, but he talked me into it. So I was going slightly under duress. I hadn't washed my hair. I made no effort. So this is what went through my head when I arrived in this order. Is that Tim from work? Why is Tim at Robin's party? He doesn't know what... Hold on. There's loads of my friends here. What is happening? Everyone in this bar is looking at me smiling and I know all of them from all different times in my life. (laughs) I must be losing my mind. I have finally gone insane. I'm going to run away. It was horrific. Like I genuinely thought I'd gone mad. And there must have been something in my face as Pete, who we used to work with, he took my arm and said, let's get you a drink. (laughs) And my next thought, once I'd worked out what's happening, and that was only because my boyfriend kept saying in my ear, it's for you. The party is for you. My next thought was, oh, my God, I'm going to have to stay till the end. <laughs> you can't leave your own surprise birthday early and you can't just hide in the corner. You've got to talk to everyone. And then my next thought was, oh, God, I'm wearing the same clothes that I wore to another friend's party the weekend before. That's embarrassing. Like I've only got one set of evening clothes, which is true now. Like I only need one. But back then I was 13. Honestly, if you're thinking about organising a surprise party for anyone, think carefully. But now, as it's our 100th episode, surprise, Jeff! It's a party! Come on, everyone, come in! Not really, obviously. Jeff Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Germans. Drift. We should talk about the badges. (gasps) The badges! Yeah, because I am. We we had a little sleepover at your house, didn't didn't we? Yeah, that sounds a bit weird, but yeah, yeah, we did. You you came and stayed the night. I did. Due to a chain of events, I couldn't get into my own house. (laughs) My wife was in Edinburgh. I'd just arrived back from Edinburgh to do a little bit of work in London. In fact, I was filling in on the film show on BBC Radio 5 Live with Mark Kermode, you know, the thing that him and Simon Mayo have done forever. So I was quite nervous about it. Um, James Ward sent me a text who's been on the podcast asking how much of my time I was just sitting there terrified that Mark Kermode would ask me if I'd seen something that I hadn't seen or make some <laughs> reference. Some... It's quite stressful, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say it was about 80 to 90% of the what, time, but I really right. enjoyed it and he couldn't have been lovelier. But anyway, so I, I needed somewhere to stay. So you very kindly let me have a sleepover mm-hmm. at your house. Um, what are you doing? You've taken a photograph of something in my house. I can tell you're about to mock. Yeah. Look what at, is it? What is, what is that? What is that photo? Off. I don't give it here. I don't even know. There you go. I'm passing it over. Okay, let's have a look. Why? What is that? Is that my sink? Yes. <laughs> and, what, and what does it say on Do it? Put my glasses on. Does it say lo- Laufen? It pro? says Laufen, which is Laufen the, presumably the, the the name of the manufacturer. I need my graphic redone. Like, why have, got, <laughs> why have you got a pro sink? <laughs> I never even noticed it before. Like, did you not notice it was pro? Why is why it pro? You, it's a know. useless thing. <laughs> why is it's always getting clogged up. Why does a sink say pro on it? I wondered wow, to myself. So wow. I, I thought it's I'd, very unpro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, anyway, um, I wasn't. Uh, I'm not going to go on about your professional sink. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I was going to say I was very impressed at your badge operation. Operation's a good word. Yeah. yeah. So how is how's it going with the badges? Oh, well, it's been going brilliantly and I've got some fantastic news. There are still some left. Why, why are you laughing? Because when I was at the sleepover at your house, mm. I thought... Uh, Good on Annabelle. I mean, that, there's a level of optimism that I didn't yeah. necessarily 
associate with you yeah. in the number of badges that you have ordered. Fortune favours the brave. And I wanted to keep the prices down, like for everyone. I wanted, right. I wanted low prices. So the more I bought, the lower the price the would be. The unit price drop. But what exactly. about your capital outlay? Yes, it's a slight worry. I tell you what breaks my heart a little bit is that, so on the big cartel store, which is what we have for this, don't laugh, don't laugh. You can see how many people have looked at it compared to how many people have bought it. Mm. And it does break my heart that, let me see what the current conversion rate is, 22.8%. That's how many people actually buy it. So so, so ish for every five people who look at it, one person buys something. Yeah, the other four out of five go, Mm. oh dear. I don't think so. (laughs) Four pound, (laughs) some badges. Let me tell you, I got that price very low for you. Anyway, the, the good news is is that there are still some left. They're not a complete sellout straight away. Right. Um, so if you do want to go to a drift pod. While stocks last. While stocks last, because, you know, they're not going to last forever. I hope. Uh, adriftpod.bigcartel.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Please join me in this bubble that has been... Forever locked in the glass by the blower. It's it's their breath. It's horrible. Adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Do you want a couple of things that have happened to me recently that I can just tell you about for uh, episode 100? Yes, please. Uh, so, so the first one is, you know, I mentioned I was in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. I was... In a bar, this is, I mean, just that in itself is surprising, but just with my wife, I'd gone to meet her before she went to to work in Edinburgh and the lights went out. Okay. Now, what it was, was some kind of brief power cut or something. But what I thought it would be funny to do was start singing happy birthday, (laughs) which I did. Mm. And at the exact same time, a guy sitting on the table next to ours started doing it. So it was like we were both in on the joke and the lights came back in and we both looked at each other and had this real moment. Your soulmates. Yes. You found your soulmate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And I was so happy. Yeah. And we were both laughing. Then a few minutes passed. Yeah. The light went off again. Yeah. I looked over to where he was. There was like a bit of light coming in through the window. Yeah. And I was ready to go, ha. And he just looked at me and shook his head and went, no. <laughs> Oh, the story of your life, isn't it? I know. I know. It really is. I feel like a lot of my essence and how I fit in to society (laughs) is in that moment. Um, And then the other thing I was going to tell you about is Sunday morning, my wife said, why don't we go to Ikea? Okay. Now, they say you shouldn't go to Ikea on a a weekend. Mm -hmm. And... You know, they are right, broadly speaking. It was too busy. Like, the great thing if you have a small child about Ikea is you can just leave them in a room for an hour. You can drop your kid off. It's a supervised play area, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, But you can just sort of dump your kid for an hour and then Mm. you can go and sit in the canteen (laughs) and eat something 
<laughs> eat some delicious Swedish food. Right. Uh, so so we go to do this, and, and the queue to drop him off in the supervised play area is half an hour. Wow. So, yeah, it was when I mean, we just picked a bad time. Yeah. And then when we got to the canteen, the queue was out of control. Oh, I mean, it was like okay. being at a theme park. Right. Uh, in fact, they'd arranged it so you had to th- snake round on yourself in the queue, oh. like you're doing security at yeah. the airport. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it was decided that I should be the one queuing for the food while Sarah went and used the toilet and, and bags at a table. Okay. So I was queuing for about 20 minutes and a terrible, terrible thing happened. Okay, go on. A friendly person behind me in the queue started talking to me quite early on. Oh. And then we just carried on talking because how do you get out of that Oh, until no. it's time to get your food and go to the till and what were the conversation topics so it was about how she had cycled to Ikea and oh. about how you could get from where she lives to Ikea all on cycle paths without going on an actual road cycling Ooh, across okay. parkland and marshes and it's quite so. interesting yeah. no it's not <laughs> no it's not it's interesting to her and and I'm pleased for her yeah. but I'm not interested I'm never going to get on a bike but because I don't want there to be awkwardness no, no. I express a lot of interest and then she's asking me where I live oh, and she's giving oh. me advice on how I would get there oh, by bike by bike <laughs> like you'd ever get on a bike I know but she's oh. really sort of evangelical about it and explaining to me and then asking me questions on about bikes and where I'd get a bike from and what sort of bike oh, I'm thinking sorry. of getting. Okay, this is too yeah, much. So, so, so that was bad. And then we ended up buying a bunch of stuff um, and we don't have a car, mm. nor did we cycle there. We went on the bus. <laughs> um, so we needed yeah, to... Yeah, how is she getting all her stuff home? <laughs> so we, we had to get an Uber back. Right. So I order an Uber and we load all the uh, boxes... And my son's pram into the back. And then I sit up in the front seat with the driver. Mm -hmm. And my wife sits behind me on the passenger side of the back seat. Mm -hmm. My son sits in the middle on like a little child seat that's built into the back seat. The seat next to him is free. Mm -hmm. We're about five minutes away from our house. Mm. And the driver has been, you've you've described taxi drivers like this before, sort of weaving around a little bit, just driving a bit slowly, weaving around on the road. Mm. And and we have had it before now where my son has thrown up in the back of cars because of weaving and we see him start pointing to his mouth and saying I feel funny so Sarah says can we stop please we stop she gets out of the car with him they get the pram out of the back and then they walk the remainder of the way which is probably like a 10 or 15 minute walk which then leaves he and I Mm. to come back to to my house and take these boxes out so he's very helpful nice guy Mm. takes the boxes out and then as I'm coming to pick up the last box I can see him looking into the back seat and on what had been the empty seat Mm. next to Gene Mm. there was some kind of wet patch right and he's saying this this is a wee wee it's weird that a grown man is using the phrase wee wee (laughs) but he's sort of speaking in broken English so I imagine that's where why now, I know that it's not because my son's wearing a nappy and he's wearing trousers over the nappy. Yeah, like, how is he doing this wee-wee? Like a, some kind of, like, projectile yeah, yeah, wee-wee. Yeah, Like that statue. Yeah, 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 yeah. In Brussels. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, no, it's it's not a wee-wee. It's, it's, it's not, not a wee-wee. 
I said, I promise you it's not because he, he's wearing a nappy. Uh. He's saying it definitely is. I know what a wee wee looks like. <laughs> I need money to clean the car. No. I'm saying, but it's not a wee wee. And to prove it's not a wee wee, you licked it. I put my hand, <laughs> yeah, I put my hand into it and then sniffed my fingers. <laughs> thinking that, I mean, I'd have to have an amazing poker face that if I was able to just sniff the stench of urine on my fingers and not flinch. And sure enough, it, it was odourless. But he what said it is. It? What was it that you smelled? It I could have been know. anything. But I mean, it was nothing. This is the point. It was nothing to do with us. <laughs> Whatever it was, was nothing to do exactly. with us. Exactly. It was the previous people and who knows what they were doing. But it wasn't a wee-wee. It wasn't a wee-wee. No, it's not a wee-wee. So what was the outcome? I gave him £40. You did not. Yeah, because I didn't know what to do. He's saying I need money. And I said, how much money? £40 for a wee-wee? As I'm saying how much money, you know, you say spend a penny, not spend (laughs) £40. As I'm getting my wallet out, (gasps) he can see that there's £40 in there. So I think he's just been an opportunist. Yes. And saying that's how much money he could see. Because when I did a wee-wee in an Uber, it was only £30. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I then wrote them a strongly worded email afterwards. Good, good. When you start thinking, your mind begins to start loving adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Ports. Oh, touch it. Touch it. Well, a new term of rule school <laughs> in Problematic, and we are back in Problematic in my attic. Mm. Um, I got one of these just very quickly. We can start with it as a little hors d'oeuvre. Oh, sure. One came from John Roberts on Twitter who says, me and my family, six of us, were heading to the last free set of park tables on a hot day, uh, and a mother and her family were behind us, and they were trying to get to the same table. She then sent her six-ish-year-old ahead making him run ahead Mm. to nab the table. Mm. So do we sit at it or not in that situation? Let them have it and then laugh in their face when they rot in hell, these terrible people. (laughs) (laughs) Really? That's so bad. That's sending the six-year-old in. Yeah, you you can't have it then. It's theirs Because what they could have done is just all gone and sat down with that six-year-old and intimidated him out of there. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. (laughs) No, no. Okay, well... Uh, there's there's your answer, John, mm, yeah. from, from Annabelle. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go to Matt in Leeds. My family and I have just enjoyed our local village festival, basking in the bank holiday sunshine. A key attraction at the festival was the children's magic show. Fortunately, I escaped this horror, but I witnessed several adults being forced to participate in the show by the magician. Is there any worse situation for a drifter than being forced to suddenly become a magician's assistant? What's the best way to opt out of such participation? One woman earlier tried to resist joining in, but ultimately gave in and had a balloon popped above her head. I guess drifters could simply avoid children's entertainment shows, but that's pretty harsh on my kids who love such events. Interested in your thoughts? It's hard. It is hard. I do think I, I can generally give off the exact right thing, which says do not interact with me. I, I rarely get interacted with it at shows. And, you know, I go and see a bit of comedy because of Sarah's job. Um, I think I give off that too. Mm. But I was at this occasion once where it was a storytelling event. It was quite small. There's only about 20 people there. And she was telling the story involving some of the adults, like putting hats on them and things like that. And I was giving her real vibes that I didn't want to be involved. Mm. And then when it came to like this really awful, horrific, like nasty, wicked witch, she picked me. 
No. And I, and I thought, first of all, you're saying I look witchy, which I do. And secondly, it's because you don't like me. <laughs> she probably didn't. So that didn't go well for me. I feel like there is a shake of the head. Of, no. Like, like there's something, like you know something mm. that they don't. Yeah, yeah. And just... Just steer clear or this is going to work out badly for all of us. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little sort of shake of the head no, you can no, do, no, isn't no, there? No, no. It doesn't the f- always work on some people. No, no, the further back you sit, the better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no eye contact. No eye contact. Yeah, make sure you... And then just refuse to look. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then if you do look, do the nod of the head of the, like, no, this yeah. is a really bad idea. Yeah, bad idea. Yeah, this yeah. isn't going to end well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think, well, I think so. It's a difficult one mm. because it, it, it contingues, the, 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 it hinges on the performer being emotionally intelligent and empathetic, mm. which I do think a lot of them are, but occasionally mm. you get some, some amateur who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. I think we might have solved it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to David. I arranged a birthday meal for myself at my current favourite restaurant and invited some close friends along. Included in this group are two college friends whom I first met over 30 years ago and since have met, since have, since have had meetups with on a regular, semi-regular basis. One friend said she is unable to make the evening, although the other wants to come. The issue is she wants to bring her husband, who I've only met once and have nothing in common with. To be fair, I only really want people I've invited, not the other halves. Plus, there is only a limited number of people I can invite due to space, as we've already up to 10 people. Last year, she again requested she brought her hubby, which I said yes to. So I upped the numbers with the restaurant and then he didn't turn up. This year, I said I can't really accommodate him due to space. I have a feeling that there is the possibility that the other friend who said she can't attend may have been in contact with the first friend and is planning to come and surprise me, as she's done this to me before, and the can I bring my husband by the first friend may be there to ensure that my other friend has space at the table. What do I do? Option one, say yes, bring a husband who is a husband and I don't want there. Option two, say yes and a husband is really my friend who I'd re- really love to be there and they're not really surprised on the surprise I expected. Option three, say no and neither her husband or my friend turn up. Oh, it's a complex conundrum. Oh, it's, it's so complex. I'm almost struggling to wrap my head around it. <laughs> Okay, shall I, shall I try and simplify it? Yes, please. Okay, two friends. One says she's coming, one says she isn't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it more complicated, aren't I? But the one who isn't is really. Yeah, so she th- he thinks that the one who wants to bring her husband is really bringing the friend as a surprise. Okay. But he doesn't know for sure. Okay, so it's doesn't a high stakes sure. gamble. Yeah, yeah. I would be tempted to contact the friend who says they're not coming, mm. say, we need to have an honest conversation about <laughs> no, this. We need to have an honest conversation. You wouldn't do this. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. Are You re- You would say, are you really coming? Is it? You wouldn't no, do no, that. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm trying to, t- so let's let's think of a third person. Mm. Um, let's, let's, I was thinking who's, who's somebody else I know apart from, Annabelle and my first thought went to my wife but then it can't be her because I'm the husband in that scenario Mm, mm, mm. but basically I think it's always a bonding experience to not necessarily slag off but speak candidly Mm. about your other friend's spouse okay 
you and your friend. That's that's a classic thing for friends talk talk about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How much you do or don't like somebody else's spouse. Yeah, yeah. I think you could say to them, "We need to have an honest. Conver- I, I want to have an honest conversation with you about Mister X. Mm-hmm. Such and such has invited me out. She wants to bring him. I, I, I don't know if I can. I can't." I can't do another hour in his company. Mm-hmm. I feel I've put in I've put in the hours I've spent enough time with him this year. I need a moratorium on him until at least 2020. What shall I do? And then try and pick up the vibe. Yes. Right. Cuz exactly. they'll be like, "No, do invite yeah, him. Don't be yeah, silly." Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that is a suggestion. I've got a feeling he wouldn't do that. Okay, so what's your your solution then? I think I would gamble. You would. I'd say yes to the husband, book that extra place. And then if the husband turns up, not the friend, go, oh, it's my birthday and you've ruined it and storm <laughs> out. But you, isn't just the better thing to do to put off the whole thing, call the whole thing off? <laughs> the whole birthday party. Because then you don't have to have any social interaction. <laughs> this will teach you to celebrate your birthday. It always goes wrong. We've already talked about yeah. celebrations on this podcast. They just go wrong. Yeah. No point to them. Yeah. Cancel your birthday at the end. Okay. And that was episode 100 of our podcast. Thank you for listening. Do carry on sharing your stories with us if you haven't sent yours in yet or if you've got a new one, if some other interaction has gone terribly for you, uh, then um, uh, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Do get in touch. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Same goes if you have a quandary for us on Quandary Corner. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Uh, Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and have been for the last 100 episodes and maybe for the next 100 episodes if, if we get that far. Who knows? Uh, and made our little jingles, Patrick Gunning and Juana uh, Babu. They, pl- they plugged it all in uh, in the first place. Yep. How long do I keep thanking them for that? I don't know. <laughs> Forever? Yeah, for the next Just 100. Just say, say it out of habit, really. Uh, I say up to 200. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, Carla Gowlett took photos. Uh, Kim Rainey made the artwork. Thank you to you for listening, especially to you if you've been, winners, uh, been with us for all 100 episodes. And I would like to, to finish this week's episode uh, with a, a little salutation, a, a greeting, uh, a little uh, well-wish If you will, I would like to say to you, bon weekend, monsieur. Adrift. Adrift. And who will go down in history as having uh, episode 100 podicated to them? A couple of people. First one comes from Christian Horsfield, who says, Dear Jeff and Annabelle, hello. 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 It's been a long time since I emailed my first hello back after episode one. 
but I've continued to be an avid listener since then. In fact, my insistence on listening to podcasts during long car journeys has helped breed a family of drifters who all purposefully try to go to sleep while I drive, unless I'm listening to a drift. Oh, nice. Uh, When this happens, we all listen along together and identify uh, elements of drifters in ourselves. This has resulted me uh, in me recruiting two teenage listeners, Megan and Sam. I just want to apologise for the beginning of this week's mm. podcast, <laughs> given that you'd be listening to it with teenagers. Yeah, awkwardness bit there. uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, Megan and Sam, it's for Megan that I'm requesting a podication. Hopefully you can read this out on your 28th of August show as we will be driving back from London on the 30th, which happens to be Meg's 16th birthday. Oh. So we are late with this yeah. because of the technical issues, which did rear their head again during the no. recording of this episode, episode 100, but we managed to put a sticky plaster over them well and done. hopefully it's... Uh, Hopefully it's all okay. Um, Megan is a wonderful daughter who has just completed her GCSEs. She will have got her results last Thursday. And due to the hard work she put into preparing for them, I'm certain that she would have done fantastically well. I hope so anyway. Otherwise, uh, this might be a little uncomfortable if you do read it out. God, this and then what we just mentioned. That's one uncomfortable. Um, Megan has been the perfect daughter so far. So far. (laughs) (laughs) Everything I and her mum, Rachel, could have hoped for. She is kind and considerate, even asking me to email the GLAP clinic at Quandary Corner in Problematic about whether or not it's okay for an able-bodied person to use a disabled toilet when it's the only one available. Uh, This came about after a rather awkward moment when Meg came out of a disabled cubicle only to receive... A, an icy glare and a tut mm. from a clearly desperate lady in a wheelchair. Mm, that's bad. It yeah. is bad. It's bad. I mean, it's, it's what you dread. It's the, what you dread any time yeah, you yeah. use one of those cubicles. Oh, I don't know. But then I, I do sort of tell myself, if I was in a wheelchair, mm. maybe I'd find it patronising mm. that people are just think, oh, they should never have to queue for a cubicle. It's an interesting way that you frame that. It's a way to try and make me feel better on the uh, occasions when Mm. I have used one of those Mm. bathrooms. Um, Meg will begin her A-levels in sixth form next year. She has chosen to stay on in the school where she's been since she was 11 and for which I am an assistant principal. She's had to endure numerous assemblies where I use humorous, to me anyway, (laughs) uh, family anecdotes to tell a moral message or use my love of Star Wars to hold Luke Skywalker up as a role model. Oh, she's unembarrassable now. Like She'll be fine (laughs) with this podcast. (laughs) You're saying the damage has already been done. She's got very thick skin. Has has to have. Uh, I'm sure you can see this will be a little embarrassing for a teenage girl mm. curious to know what christian thinks of uh you know luke skywalker in the most recent star wars film i think it's fine but but i don't want to give too much away mm. <laughs> but he has like a crisis of confidence really he loses his mojo he doesn't maybe quite the same luke as we we know and love from the earlier Star Wars films, although I would argue there are definitely flashes of Look, it. Look, I'm not Mark Homo. Like, <laughs> enough with the film stuff. Okay. Uh, please give a podication to Megan for being a fantastic daughter. We are incredibly proud of her and want to wish her a brilliant 16th birthday. To finish off, both my children love the way the show ends with a quote from the show or a fellow drifter. The most recent one being, 
No, sir, it's not like Formula One. It's a good one. Uh, this was a show we listened to on our drive to the airport for our summer holiday. The holiday was a fly drive in California where I did all the driving and uh, each exchange between Rachel, Megan and Sam often ended with the phrase, no, sir, it's not like Formula <laughs> oh. One. Until later in the holiday, when it was replaced with, I don't know what you're on about. My buttocks are fine. <laughs> I'll leave you and your listeners to speculate where and how that came about. I can't remember. That wasn't on the podcast. It wasn't was one it? of ours. No. Well, if it was, we've forgotten. But please, Meg, get in touch. Let us know, or any of the others. Uh, so thank you, and keep up the work. Christian Horsfield. Well, thank you, and Megan. I hope it was a great 16th birthday. I hope it went well with the GCSEs. And I got slightly confused partway through because Christian referred to himself as a principal. Mm. But if she's doing GCSEs, they're in this country. Yeah, usually it's called a deputy head, isn't it? Yeah. Assistant principal. Confused, yeah. confused. Uh, and the other uh, person uh, writing in for a podication on episode 100 <laughs> is Panit Verma, who says, Hey, Annabelle and Jeff. Hey. Hey, yes, I flipped it round for Annabelle. She deserves to have her name first mm. sometimes too. Mm. I agree. I'm not sure I do. I <laughs> uh, hope you're doing well. My name is Puneet Verma. I am writing to request a publication for myself, hopefully to be included in your 100th episode. It's happened. We're not late. Wow. It'd be an honour to be part of that milestone for the pod. I stumbled onto your podcast completely by chance and have been listening religiously since episode four. That's so fantastic. Mm. Uh, I had no idea of your previous work on radio, given that I am from Mumbai, India, but your weekly tales of social interactions have clearly brought uh, a strange sense of comfort. Well, we used to uh, we used to work for the Times of India. Yes, yeah, did. for a few years. Uh, the radio station we worked at was was for some years owned by the Times of India, mm. and I, I mean, I just always hoped that they would send us to do an outside broadcast, but it mm. never quite happened. But I do have a friend who lived in Mumbai, but uh, who lives in Mumbai, but I've only spent a few hours there. When I was last in India, I was catching a flight out of Mumbai uh, in the evening. So I flew in in the afternoon and I went there and I thought, oh, this could be the place for me. Oh, really? I loved it that oh, much. We had to go back then. But it was only a few hours. It was very foggy and I was sort of in in flight hell, sort of cancelled flight hell. Mm. But um, I would love to go to Mumbai, Puneet. Mm. I mean, if you want to... This is embarrassing. <laughs> I, d I don't trust myself, though, with the food. Like... The, the street food in Mumbai, I think, I, I, I wouldn't be able, be able to stop myself. Oh. A Vada Pau, some Bell Puri, oh, chilli paneer. You're making me hungry, stop okay. it. Um, uh, Panit says, can you check your analytics to see how many listeners you have from Mumbai? I'd love to brag about being the only one. Um I don't have the login immediately to hand. It's on my other computer, not the one we record on. Um, but I will check that and I will try and update you in the future. Okay. If all goes well, and this is timed perfectly, I will be listening to this on my way to Cork in Ireland. Oh, we are late. Sorry. Uh, where I'll be moving to for studies. It's a big change in my life and has certainly filled me with a lot of anxiety, especially as the eventual day draws closer. I am hoping to assuage my uh, some of my anxiety by writing this email. Wow, that's quite the transformation, Mumbai to Cork, because mm. my, my friend Sharath, who came and lived in London, he thought London was sort of sleepy compared to Mumbai. Oh, really? And London is, 
you know, one of the busiest, if not the busiest cities in Europe. Oh, wow. So Cork will be very sleepy by comparison. And if you want to go somewhere even sleepier on a weekend, try and get out to Kinsale, which is a lovely village just about 25 minutes from Cork. It's just gorgeous and you can eat really well there and... Anyway, uh, Panit continues, moving away from friends, family and the familiarity of home is never easy, but I know this will do me good, not just academically, but more importantly as a person. That doesn't make leaving all that I've known behind any easier and I've had a hard time dealing with it as the realisation dawns on me that I will have to start it all from scratch. Hopefully it'll all be a bit of crack. And I will have a meal of a time, you see? You'll be fine. Yeah. You've already assimilated. Uh, it is time for me to explore the world and expand my horizons, and I couldn't be more excited. Hope I haven't rambled on too long. Have a great day. Cheers. Puneet, well, I mean, I think it's hugely exciting. Not been to Cork for some years, uh, but I love it as a city. The last time I went, uh, you'll remember this, I had a friend who has a license to fly helicopters and you need to do a certain number of miles per year to uh to, to keep your license up so he invited me to go on a helicopter trip to cork from london with him which i did and i mean it's this whole i mean this whole calamity ensued um and i mean i won't go into it now but the 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 sort of long story short version of it is i got back and on the monday sent me an email asking for nearly a thousand pounds having neglected to mention that i was supposed to chip in for helicopter fuel as well so i thought i'm just going on this cheap weekend away which ended in being this disaster in these ways anyway but cork is great you're gonna love it and uh and you know, when you go back to Mumbai, take take us with you on a little visit. Just me then. <laughs> what? what? Don't say anything. Well, I know you're, you're embarrassed at my neediness in trying to get an invitation <laughs> to go to Mumbai. So Puneet Verma and, uh, well, to all the horse fields, um, Rachel, Sam, but especially to Megan, who turned 16 and got her uh, GCSE results. There we go. That is the latest edition of the podcast, the 100th edition of the podcast. And if you would like a podication, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.